I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repetoculture Network. The mountains of Fiji. The mountains. Should I switch us? Is it weird being on opposite sides? No, it just looks like we crashed and it uploaded again. Oh, I guess. I don't know. Let me see. I can do it. I mean, I can swap it. Uh Uh-oh. That messed up Phil's thing. Go figure. Man. Oh, uh, wait, there you are. I mean, there I am. Time out. You were frozen. I was like, well, I can now. Excellent. Good. Good. Yes. What's up, fellas? Oh. And Billy and Billy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. Oh, gentlemen, Billy Jenkins. Billy Jenkins. <laughs> I tried to. So I tried to I tried to get him in the, the group chat, but I guess we're full on. Like you literally can't add more people. Oh, so, on our on the Instagram one? Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, okay. We'll get him in there. It's dumb. We'll, we'll get him in there. We'll get him it in there. Is, uh, tonight is the night that we are drawing for the May raffle. I got our handy-dandy number picker ready to go. The Dollar, dollar, dollar Tree Special. Classic. I'm sorry. I don't trust the random number generators online because I found that they don't seem to be all that random. Fair enough. So, I mean, I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to shake it up real good before I start rolling it and stuff. But, And I don't know if you guys can hear those fireworks off in the distance. I guess people think that if it's some sort of American holiday, then it must be 4th of July, and that means we just use fireworks. America. All right. Get it nice and shook. So there's 30, there's 30, 30 balls in here. I was before we get into it. Uh, I'm letting people know that the 18 ball has disappeared, so I've replaced it with the number 38. So if 38 gets drawn, it's actually number 18. Fair Everyone enough. else, everything else is in there. It's a conspiracy. Um, yeah. Uh, so if you've not gotten in there, we'll give people a few minutes to to jump in uh, and do it. If you go to the herpeticulturenetwork.com, it's the the first post at the top of the page there. Um, I'd link it, but it sends StreamYard into a into a spasm. So, uh, yeah. Rangers game seven, snakes and stogies. What a combo! Hell yeah, I'm a Colorado guy. So, Chris, I got to be honest. I hate the Rangers. I'm sorry. Why? Because Gretzky? No, no. Originally, it was because of Yager, but, but. Yager's kind of a baller, especially with that whole uh, blackmail thing when he was dating the 22-year-old. I thought that was hilarious. People need to Google it. It's hilarious. But honestly, because I'm, I'm a diehard Devils fan, and I'm cool with Islanders people. I'm cool with Sabres people. I'm cool with Philly people, man. My whole family's from Philly. My whole family's Flyers fans, except for me. But the Rangers, I just can't do it, man. Makes my, makes my blood warm. But tonight, 
aside from all of the crazy hockey escapades, cigar smoking, and amazing rap. Oh, he froze. He froze again. Stop. Stop speaking. What about Detroit? When was the last time the Red Wings were good? It's been a minute. If you can hear me, Phil, you're frozen again. Off to a great start. Yeah, I've heard uh, Colorado's been doing well this year, which is good. I really don't keep up with with pro hockey as much as I used to. I, I watch it when I can, but uh, when I was a kid, for whatever reason, Colorado was was the team I always enjoyed and liked and, and rooted for, and that was back when they had Waugh and uh, like Foot and Sackich and all those other guys, sort of the... The early 2000s, late 90s Colorado Dream Team sort of deal. Um, this episode, so this is episode 122 of Snakes and Stogies. Uh, this episode is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. So we're going to be doing a raffle for June. And a BioG, I believe, is what we have lined up for that raffle. I'll have to see. It's on the list. So check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we, Jake and I actually filmed a video of his black box setups yesterday that I'm in the process of editing. And then while we were there, we also did sort of a collection update. So there will be two separate videos, one on Jake's black box stuff and then one on his updated collection because it's been a few years since we've really shown off any of the stuff Jake has, and since everything in his spot has sort of changed drastically in terms of what he's keeping, figured it was while I was there, while I was filming, might as well get an updated collection tour. So that will be coming soon. Uh, and then Puget Sound Pythons, check them out, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they were just out in Kansas and did some herping, and it sounds like they found some some pretty cool stuff. So while well, we saw pictures of it, it was very cool stuff. I don't know if they're going to do like a video or if they shot any video while they were out there or if they were just enjoying their time. Either way, it looked like a nice trip. Kansas is not a state that you typically think of when it comes to herping, but according to Dr. Loafman, it's, it's actually a, one of the, one, it's a, it's a good state to go herping. Like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to, to see and find. So. Yeah. There's actually some pretty incredible cane breaks that come out of there. Believe it or not. I had no idea. Well, I was attempting to do a long-winded intro, but clearly yeah, you took I know. care of that. Well, you froze up and then you disappeared. So. Well, it's because you insulted the StreamYard I know. odds and it bumped me, dude. It wasn't even my internet. I did a speed check and I'm like, I'm running light speed. And StreamYard's just struggling. It, it, it kicked me out. It booted me. What are you smoking on tonight? Well, I'm going to be honest. It, it is so hot and so... Well, all right. Sounds awesome, Phil. Thanks. Uh, Earl's Exotics, our female northern pine snake is nesting, digging all over the enclosure. That's awesome. One day I'll have the space for some northerns because I would like at least, I just want a pair. Like I have my, my southern. She's cool. I really enjoy her. It is going to be that kind of night, Clint. 
I like Northerns the most, I think. Out of all the Pituovas, I think Northerns are what do it for me. I like Kankakee Bulls, too, but... Seeing Jake's, uh, so Jake's got a really killer pair of albino southerns, and I saw those this weekend for the first time. So there was a ton of stuff that I saw for the first time in a very long time over at his place. Because, I mean, frankly, outside of THP, we don't see each other a whole lot. You know, our work schedules now they're fairly similar, but before the work schedules just didn't line up. We didn't really hang out much. So went over to his new place, saw his stuff. Uh, he's got some killer stuff, like the Pidgeovis he's got. It's a small group, but it is very choice. The albino southerns, like I was talking about, it's a killer pair. Um, some of the corns he's got are awesome, especially the the ones from Chris. And Poplins, he's still got plenty of Poplins, Poplin carpets. They're all looking really good, too. Um, his yellow rats, you'll see it all. I mean, we literally like went almost like pretty much from tub to tub uh in the video that we did with with his stuff so you'll see all of it uh at some point i don't know when i'm gonna i gotta go through and upload all that too and uh edit it and and whatnot so it'll you'll see the black box video before you see the collection video but i was gonna try and space them out a little bit and um oh let's see so once again, if you have not gotten a slot, there's two slots left on the uh, the custom cigar band Snakes and Stogies Tumblr. There's two spots left on that. So get in where you fit in. Uh, let's see if I'm missing anything else. Let's see. We'll go ahead and just bring it up. There's some spots left on the carpet python. There's some spots left on the isopods. We've been showing off this carpet lately. How much has been raised so far? We are at six, about 690, it looks like. We're looking good. Uh, yes. So, uh, if you go to herpeticulturenetwork.com, we got a handful of spots left on the carpet. Not a lot. Uh, the tumbler, like I said, I just showed you guys that. We got two slots left there. And then on the isopods, got a handful of slots there as well. So it's the, uh, let me see, 12-count powder orange isopods, a gallon, of, uh, gallon bag of oak leaves, and four magnolia seed pods donated by the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons. Uh, Eric Hernandez, who produced this uh, nice coastal, red coastal, uh, I believe he's in the chat, or at least he was when we first started, so... Two slots. I thought about opening it up and see if if Phil was cool with it. If people wanted to get a third slot for any of these, they could. I don't know if like for people that are like here live. So <clears throat> carpet is nice. It's gonna be killer, man. It's gonna be a good looking snake. 
It is a good-looking snake, but it's only going to get better. It's going to age like a fine one. Just like Phil. Breeding updates. So pretty much where we left off Thursday, uh, I have my blood red pied female is in her prelay shed. So hopefully that means some eggs coming in the next coming weeks. Um, my the other Beaufort County female that I've been trying to get something from. I've had the male paired with her off and on for, for a couple weeks now. Uh, they're both in sheds, so I'm hoping that means something happened. We'll see. Um, got some sheds from some chondros. So I got a chondro from Luke Myers that I've had since like 2019 that I was sure was a female. Went and checked uh, the shed because it gave me a perfect shed. And it was a male. So... It's a pair of uh, big old big old plugs. Go figure. Uh, I am very male heavy as far as chondros go, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware. Um, my holdback Biok shed. That was one that I was fairly certain was a male. Pretty sure it's a female. So there's all kinds of goofy stuff happening over this over this weekend sex changes among chondros and stuff so i'll take it i'm not complaining i mean the snakes aren't going to go anywhere regardless um it's just it's been a sausage fest you know in, in the as far as chondros go over here so we'll see what happens long term hopefully some of the other ones that i'm fairly certain are females will remain that way um yeah, I got. I don't know how Phil's doing with knobs yet. We'll see. That's awesome. Johnny said, "I got my first set of eggs like a week ago, and I'm obsessed." Yeah, I don't know what his his deal is. He hasn't texted me saying he's just what the issue is, but something is struggling. I bet you he just restarted his computer, so now we're just waiting. Uh, I am ready to draw though. I'm I'm excited. Like I'm I'm pumped for this uh this raffle. All the raffles that we have planned coming up are gonna be pretty awesome. You know, and it's I've talked about it before, you know, it's just a nice relatively simple no drama, like straightforward way to raise some money for ASF and whoever else we decide to raise money for. Um, hmm. Yeah, Johnny, what species of knobs do you have? It's another group that I'd like. Oh, okay, Sanctus. Yeah, that's another group that I'd like one or two of. Nothing too crazy. Uh, they're definitely cool. Like I understand why Phil likes them so much. Like they're they're little aliens, but I can't go too crazy on the gecko thing because I just I don't have a ton of space to devote to it. So we'll see. Ow. 
I just ashed right on my knee. It hurts so good. Got plenty. So the all the eggs are looking good too that are in the incubator right now. Uh, minus that hypo or head hypo Baird's clutch. The two that came out good are still going strong, but the other handful of eggs that were kind of like I figured they weren't good, they're already turning blue and and molding and stuff like that. So looks like I'll have two of those offspring from that clutch, and that's okay. I've got plenty of other stuff that's going to be occupying my time, especially if these other two corns lay. Uh, I am very curious to see if the Dion's ends up double clutching. That's cool, too. I never kept your Adactylites, but they were on my list. When I was heavy into geckos and stuff, they were... Uh, I really wanted to get my hands on some. They were just... They were kind of expensive for what they were at the time. I don't know if they've come down at all or not, but they were pretty pricey when I wanted them. Oh, he needs a new code. Let's see. It's weird. Like those, when you handle them, they, they move. It's almost like a, I don't want to say it's almost snake-like, but they have, there's this, just this odd, like glide, like when they move over your arm or your hand, like, or like a surface, like there's just, I can't describe it. It's like, remember those little fake weasel toys you used to get that have like the invisible string and you used it to uh, like trick people, I guess. It was like a little fuzzy thing and it would kind of just like move very fluid. Yeah, see, I think when I was, uh, Chris said I got mine for like 225-ish each if I remember. And I think when I was looking at them, they were like 400 bucks a pop, if I'm not mistaken. He lives. I'm alive. Can you hear me? Yeah. Dude. Everything's running tip top. Speeds are good. Internet's good. Wi-Fi is good. Shit just won't load. Hmm. Oh, but I'm back. Sorry, guys. Capitiller. Yes. Just giving some just some breeding updates. How I had some chondros pull the old uh switcheroo sex change. Really? Oh, I saw your shed with the plugs. Yeah, so I, I was telling the good people, uh, what was it? This morning I woke up and my Bioc hold back at shed, which was funny because I didn't even know it was in shed, but it shed fine, which speaks to the pothos in the tub thing. Um, Excellent. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, it should have plugs because I've been fairly convinced that this one's a male. Pull the shed out. Little little wings of a female, like right. not even like a like a really a question of like they might be plugs. Like this was this was a girl. girl. So one that I thought was a boy was actually not. One that I thought was a girl actually was not. So who knows what's gonna go on? I'm they're they're all at that age minus the the smallest one from Luke that that was only a yearling now, but. They're all kind of at that age where, like, I expect plugs if they're going to give them, like, they're getting to that size and that that time frame where you can start looking for them reliably. Yeah. Uh, and I guess lack thereof, too. So, sure. 
It is what it is. Like I said, I'm not complaining. You know, the snakes aren't going to go anywhere regardless. I don't care if they're boys or girls. I'm just happy to have yeah. them. Yeah. And it, it is nice to... So, you didn't gain a female per se. You just flip-flop snakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. At least your ratio is still the same. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still male-heavy, which I don't typically complain about. You know, it's, yeah. I, especially with chondros and some of that other stuff where, you know, they can be a little more picky about males and males can be just scared shitless of the females and not want anything to do with them. You know, to have others on hand is definitely not a bad thing, not a bad thing to, to have. So, oh, yeah, of course, of course, I'm male wow. heavy on the rinks. So someone did ask uh, about your it is not Christian you go to the Herpeticulture Network website, it shows you where and how to grab some slots, giving people a few extra minutes just to get some. I wasn't sure if you wanted to open it up, Phil, so people could get a third one if they wanted to. A third like, slot? Sure. Yeah. If we have if we have slots available, then absolutely. We do. I mean, we only have two go on the cup, them. so that's what we got what we got. Yeah, first come, first serve. Everything else... We'll give it another uh, like ten minutes or so. Yeah, that's I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Um, someone did ask about knobtails and sort of where you were at with yours. Um, I am got chubby females and they're laying flat on the sand, like distributing the weight of their belly on the sand. So I'm really hoping that there is some follicle egg action. Um, one of them for sure has something percolating up in there. Um, I don't know if it's just her, you know going through an egg cycle or if she's actually fertilized because I never watched copulation, but she was with a male for a full 24 hours. So I don't, who knows? And then the other one that I actually saw confirmed locks with, she looks good, but nowhere near as rotund as the other one. Um, I tried new Sterilite uh, for lay boxes and I can see that the geckos are on top of the box, but I can't see if they're actually going in them. So I just completely remove the lid. Um, I removed the lid this morning. So after tonight, I'm going to leave them alone tonight. And then tomorrow morning, I'll see if like they moved anything around or if there's any feces in the box. Because I think like, I think they're apprehensive to go inside it. You know what I mean? So I figure if I just take the whole lid off, this it's obviously new. They've never seen this thing before. It probably smells like plastic, whatever. And I used, uh, for a, a media, I used sand from their enclosure. So it 100% smells like them. So, and we'll see what happens. That's where I'm at right now. Chubby females. So, And uh, Cigar of the Night, because I didn't get a chance to do it. Artua Fuente, Grand Reserve. The little guy. Was it a, a short story? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I'm not looking at the screen right now. That's why. Let me. Hold it up. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's like the sun-grown, the, the chateau sun-grown. I think that's what that is. I don't know. I, I don't even know where I got it from, but I was digging around in, in the my larger humidor today. I was like, man, that thing's got to be in there for a long time. I better smoke it. So. And it still had a little hickory wrap on it, so I was like, all right, cool. But it is so gross, muggy, humid, disgusting. 
Yeah, dude, it's been. Oh, it's so bad right now. I'm sweating like crazy. I did some outdoor stuff today, and uh, I was at my mom's house for a little Memorial Day, you know, get the family together kind of thing. And, dude, it was just so gross out. Literally, like. Yeah, it's freaking miserable, dude. Ugh. Ugh, tis the season. But uh, I got a chance to. So I call them Anna Maria's nephews, but they're not her actual nephews. They're her cousin's children. But she's very, very like close. Second to cousins, I guess. I, I guess. It, yeah, I guess. It would be I've never really cousins. understood that whole. Yeah, like, the whole I, thing works. But well, I, she she I grew up. Yeah, yeah. It's not second cousin sounds right. So she grew up um, the majority of her like high school life living with this cousin. So they're very, very close. They're basically sisters, and uh, and they're great people. And she's got three boys who are very into outdoor nature animals that kind of thing they have a beer dragon and uh they were asking they're like oh man can we see snakes in the wild we want to see turtles in the wild and i was like you know the weather's kind of crappy but i was i said do you guys have anything to do tonight and they're like no why don't we go look for some stuff and then you know if we see something great and if not we'll just go back to the house and get pizza and i said that sounds like a plan so either way you're a winner either way i'm we're winners you know so uh took the kids out it was drizzly and cold it was actually really cold which is crazy because it's so hot today uh it was like and obviously this isn't cold but cold for reptiles it was like 65 66 and drizzly um so didn't see any snakes didn't see any turtles or alligators but uh got some great amphibian action and uh let me see i was trying to pull it up on my phone uh to see if it got to the computer or not um I'll probably christian, christian parr Brendan Meyer got the number six slot before you did, so you want me to you pick another number if you're listening. At Brendan Myers, uh, he's a, he's a quick one. Sniper. So we're uh, we're driving, you know, through this uh, like wetland habitat that's close to their house, and uh, there's a frog in the road. And at first, I thought it was a, a cane toad, but it was too, too round, in my opinion. So I was like, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And I hop yes, out. Yes, I did, Billy. And it's, it's rare to find cane toads out in the bush. They're very much an urban species where I am. I mean, they, yeah, they inhabit agricultural areas, but to find them in like a natural preserve or something is re- very, very rare. Um, so I'm trying to pull this photo up and stretch out. So long story long. Um, it's the biggest southern toad I've ever found in my entire <laughs> life, and I had to get a picture of this thing. And the lighting was really, really poor, so I didn't get a good photo of just the frog. But look at the size of this southern toad. And I mean, maybe, maybe I just got little baby ones by me, and I'm not used to it. And people may think, oh, that's a normal sized one, there's nothing special about it. But I was just so impressed with this animal. That thing Damn. is diesel, because I mean, normally they're they're smaller than your palm. Yeah, you know, this thing was like like juvenile bullfrog size. That thing ain't missing a meal. No, no, it's definitely not. So here, I'll try and zoom in on just the just the toad, if I can. Just the toad. Just just the toad. Just the toad. So, but it was cool, man. The kids liked seeing them. Let the kids touch them, play with them a little bit. 
and uh get that's, on. Uh, he he actually or she it whatever actually didn't so it really wasn't squirmy i think it was because it was so chilly out so but it was a good time good time with the kids getting the kids out in nature getting the kids seeing reptiles and amphibians in the wild is what it's all about so we have broken seven hundred dollars excellent excellent thank you everybody Speaking of Anna Maria, she's in the group chat. What's up, gorgeous? You saw that. What else? You guys found that awesome corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that corn was up, great. What did you end up doing with that? Do you hold on to it? or did you? I, <laughs> I let it go. Um, so I have my cousins. We're talking about Anna Maria's cousins. My cousins, uh, they live down here now. Uh, they've been here like five years now in South Florida. They're originally from Philadelphia. And my cousin's stepdaughter came down to visit for a week and she'd never been in the Everglades. So, you know, they asked us, Hey, can we go? We'll see some stars, try and find some snakes. So we went out um, to a fairly frequented hunting area and we saw some Nerodia, saw some leopard frogs. And, uh, and then we got that corn, which was great, dude. Gorgeous corn. It, it was probably dude, six to eight months old. Really nice. Really nice corn, silky smooth. It must have just shed. And I look at Anna Maria and I'm like, should we keep it? And she's like, it's up to you. And I was like, you know what? Let's enjoy this moment. We'll take a bunch of pictures. I'll let them go. Let them grow some more. Maybe we'll find them in the future. Who knows? So I let them go. And uh, we drove around a little bit, got to one of my uh, campsites that I have kind of like an, I made like an, you know, improvised camp out in the bush take some star photos with cell phones, you know, long exposure, saw some shooting stars. Everybody had a good time. As we're leaving, I hit the dirt road to leave. And I mention this to people all the time, that spotlighting in Florida is illegal, especially in public land. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're spotlighting, just spotlighting in general is illegal. And I always tell like people- Like from this, a car. From a vehicle, yeah, 100%. Um, if you're if you're looking for your keys in the bushes because you dropped them, that's totally different. But you driving around and shining a spotlight out at nature is is against the law. Well, I guess somebody saw us. We weren't doing it. Somebody saw us driving around, not in hunting season, and called Fish and Wildlife on us. Nice. So we got pulled over, and uh, obviously had nothing to hide. But I'm glad I didn't keep that corn snake. Uh, where I, where we were, I could have kept it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's just one more thing I don't want to deal with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm licensed and permitted. It's no big deal. But, it, it, again, I have to. I, I don't have to explain that to Fish and Wildlife. I mean, their job is to enforce the law, not memorize it. So I, I get that. Um, but the, the guy who pulled us over was super cool. He was looking for uh, deer poachers. So, you know, he was looking for rifles and spotlights, and we didn't have any of that. Um <laughs> the, the worst part was no but check out this big ass toad dude yeah right yeah <laughs> and uh worst part was is at one point uh, you know we've got the doors of the vehicle open everyone's in the car i'm out of the car talking to the cop and uh he says so what are you guys doing out here just just herping and i was like well i mean i'm a herper but they just want to see stars you know and, and we get some photos Nerds. and i said i said hey they're from up north they're from philly you know down visiting and like I was just speaking in general generalities, you know, and my cousin blurts out, what do you mean? We live here. I've been here five years. And I was like, 
come on, man. Like, it's not that big a deal, but you can't. You get I'm a native. Under, I'm a local now. Yeah, throw me under the bus right in front of Fisher, like lying to Fisher Wildlife's face. I mean, I wasn't really lying. And then luckily his stepdaughter was like, hey, I'm visiting. I am not from here. You know, we're on vacation. Haha. So it was, it was funny. I think the cop knew knew it was what. And he knew we, we weren't obviously deer poaching. So we left and everything was good. But it's and just they funny. Didn't see the giant 10 point strapped to the back of your, your car. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. So and at one point he's like, hey, man, do you mind if I look in the trunk? I said, sure. And I popped the trunk for him. And there's the, the big giant five gallon bucket with the screw on lid that says danger, venomous reptiles, you know, do not open, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, man, really? The bucket? And I was like, I- I'll open it. There's no snakes in it. And I unscrewed the lid and showed him. And uh, <laughs> it's just funny, man, because like. Clearly, it didn't phase him, you know what I mean? But it's definitely not something he sees every day. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But yeah, always know your laws, always know where you are and what you're allowed to do and what you're allowed to touch and or take. So be mindful of it. Word of the wise. Should we roll the, the wheel of fortune? Why don't we do this? Why don't we roll the cup? We'll give it a little bit. Okay. Then we'll roll. So we've got three going or two going, I forget. Three. All right, so we'll roll. So it's it's cup, and then we got ISOs. one one spot left on the cup, man. Somebody throw an extra spot. Somebody fill Come it on. up. Fill Come up on. the cup. I say we roll for the cup first because I feel like that's a I agree. even though it's that's like a special one, you know. That was the well. That was the one that was like, I mean, I expected the the carpet one to get a ton of. Seapool says he's going to jump in it. There we so. go. So, PayPal, ten dollar. Two snakes and stogies at gmail.com. Yeah. That's we'll give, the, we'll give the, Mr. The word a N D not the ampersand. Yeah. We'll give Mr. Pool a minute to do that. We'll draw for the cup. We'll cover a couple more topics. We'll draw for the isopods and then we'll save the carpet for the grand finale. Does that sound good? Sure. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Come on. You can do this. Keyboard. Actually, what I'll do is I'll, I'll send a picture of that corn snake because that corn snake was pretty. Yeah, dude, awesome. that thing was just—I was amazed at how bright it was. Just color-wise, it was just like you don't. It could have just been the flash, but I feel like a lot of that actually wasn't the flash. No, man, it, dude. I, I'll be honest. If all right, if it, if it. I didn't have everybody in the car, I probably would have. I probably would have took it home, but still, you know, it's. Yeah. Let someone else find them and, and take pictures of them too. You gotta, you gotta read the room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Hold on, I'm sending that corn real quick. Okay, we'll you give, do that. I'm gonna. You got, the- you got Steve pools. Yes. All right, cool. So then let's roll it, baby. Hold on a second. I'm trying to. Damn it. Dominique says, "What's up to everybody in the room?" To make sure it's good and mixed up. Okay, for the cup that comes with a straw and the little skull straw uh, holder deal thing. Limited edition. Made One by, of three. Made by D. Morris at Ardor Creations. As I'm trying to mix this up, these things keep popping out. 
Okay. Let me set this back at the top. Are we ready? We're ready. Like the Goblet of Fire. Who we got here? Three. Numero tres. Who had number three? That is Brennan Meyer. Hey, Mr. Meyer. Congratulations. Nice. Awesome possum. That's great. Good for him, man. That's good. So we, I, I have enough bands and one more sticker to get another one of these made. So I'll see if I can get D to make another one, and we'll do another one next month. So, hell yeah, that sounds great. We're gonna have her start numbering these things. Yeah. Is he? Is is Meyer in here? Oh, he is. Yeah, Excellent. there he's right there. Excellent. Brenda Excellent. got it. Congratulations, yeah. brother. It's still wrapped up. It's still. I'll I'll include a little cup of my blood if you want. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Beard hairs, toenail clippings, the full all the things to make a voodoo package. doll with. Yep. You know? Or a shrine, a shrine to Smitty. All right, where's that corn? Did you already show it? I uh, know, I didn't show it. We were doing the the, the rolly roll. Well, I was busy I know. things, you know. And there's the corn. So yeah, man, uh, a hell of a specimen. Um, Who took I the pictures like what? What's is that? Using the, what camera is someone using? A, like a that's my camera iPhone. Camera? No, that's my iPhone 11, and oh, I'm wow. holding it in front of my face. And I, I realize that I have to look at the animal because if I look at the camera, I look deranged because <laughs> there's there's no light. Like it's pitch black, and then the screen illuminates white to give the backlight. You know, and. It, I, I guess when I when that looked, happens, <laughs> looks so sharp. It is. I'm mean, let me zoom in on this thing. It was great. Yeah. I mean, I do like. I'm not an iPhone guy, but I do give them credit. Like their cameras are light years better than the Samsung ones, and I'm a hardcore Samsung guy for as far as phones go. So yeah, man. And I like how you can see can how you rub easy. your toes on it for me. What? Oh, jeez. You don't want that, dude. Put it right between my big one and my index one to be like a like a line of Vaseline around the edge of it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even dude, look at like the sunset in the background, man. That came out great. Yeah, it was an awesome you picture. Know? And uh, you know, how happy shout out, is. Uh, dude. I was so happy. Shout out to Conixus for um, the shirt too. Look at that. Yeah, I want one of the the co op shirts with the the black and yellow shell. Yeah, Knixis Co-op. Check it out. Our boy Jay. In make fact, it, making making shit happen. Now that I Pour work at shit. a short at a shirt making company, I'll have to hit up Mr. Tyler Brooks and make yeah. him a customer. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because we can do stuff like that. Dude, we need a they need a working group shirt. Like that I need a Knixis working group shirt. I've got a co-op and a, a working group sticker on my car, both. Excellent, excellent. I don't see. I don't know. I have an S twenty. I think it's an S twenty, uh, and the camera on it is worse. I don't think it's any better. Like the older version, when I had like an S, I don't know, like a fifteen or something like that. Like I thought the camera on that was better than the camera on this one, but iPhones just got a beat. You know what? You know what it is too. It's is I play a lot. I play, ugh, can't talk tonight. 
I play around with a lot of the settings too. So I know that if I'm going to be in that, you know, twilight time where there's still light from the sun, but it's actually set and I got the headlights from the car going in the background. And I know that if I do uh, flash on the selfie mode, you know, not the, not the back of the phone, the front of the, the front face of the screen that seems to come out the best. But the problem is you can only do that with selfies because you can't see what you're, what you're shooting. So when I actually use the phone, like the screen itself as a viewfinder, that's when I'll do, um, I'll, I'll tap the screen and feather the exposure and try and get it as good as I can, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well. Hey, Vic Lorano in the house. Hey. Let me see. Someone sent me a message on the podcast. Maybe it was the magazine or we got tagged in it or something. I don't know, but I thought it was interesting. So I figured I wrote it down to talk about. Uh, let me see if I could find it. I sent it to myself. I think we got tagged in it. Sweet. Yes. While you do that, uh, I'll uh, send another picture. And it's a multiple question post, but it is thought provoking and it is interesting. Excellent. And I figured well, me and Jake will also have to talk about it at one point because I'm curious to get Jake's thoughts on on all of this. She's going to hate me for posting that picture, but how happy is that girl with her corn snake? Boy, what? How happy is that girl with her corn snake? Look at that. Gutatas are a girl's best friend. Gutatas are a girl's best friend. And I mean, dude, even this one, like even the blurriness, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just it's odd. Smoke just how light it is. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, different. I wish I wish it had stood still. I mean, she was honestly tiring it out, and by the time that I took my selfie, it uh, it was it was pretty tuckered out, but very very little black, which I, I prefer a higher you know sharpie marker, you know Abbott black, but. But dude, that snake was stellar, man. Stellar snake. So we got tagged in this post by Constrictor Carnivores Canada. And the first question of seven is, what are your thoughts on pre-ordering animals? Ah. I'm assuming when they say pre-order, like selling animals before they've even come out of the egg. Yeah, or or better yet, getting spots in line to get an egg, because I've done both. So, what was your experience with that? Well, <clears throat> I feel like if you know, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. Excuse me. <laughs> I got the black lung, Bob. Um, I think that if you know the breeder. In the, in the sense of you know them personally or you've purchased animals from them before, uh, whether it be this particular species that you're going after or a different species and you're, you're comfortable with that, I think if you're, if you're comfortable paying the full amount of the animal before it hatches or even before the eggs are laid, that's up to you. I think it's totally fine. Me personally, I'm more comfortable with like a deposit. You know what I mean? 
even if it's a non-refundable deposit. So let, let's say there's a gecko breeder that has really, really good lineage and good parents and they've produced before and I want to get in line and let's say the gecko is 500 bucks. I have no problem giving a $250 deposit, you know, because I know that person's going to produce stuff eventually. And even if it's not that exact clutch or maybe that clutch goes bad and they want to hold on to the money, you know, for me, that's okay. Cause I've already invested that money into that animal and I'm going to get something. And worst case scenario, if nothing comes of it and, and everything goes to shit, well, then I'd like to hope that they at least give me my money back in that regard. Now that's mm -hmm. me personally. Um, I would not do it either a deposit or the full amount. If I didn't, if I wasn't familiar with that breeder, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or better yet, let's say, you know, Justin uh, has bred everything under the sun and has a sterling reputation. And all of a sudden he gets radiated rat snakes and he buys a pair of adults. And I'm like, Justin's going to be fantastic with it. He's going to do a great job. He's going to produce a bunch of babies. I want to buy his babies. I'm probably not going to give him money for babies because he's never bred them before. So just because he's fantastic with 30 other species, he just bought these adults. You know, it's going to take a year to establish, maybe work some kinks out. And again, this is purely my opinion. I probably wouldn't do it in that scenario. But someone who's bred animals consistently over and over and over again and has really, really great offspring, I have no problem putting a down payment on it. Now, I like to get on a wait list if possible. And then when the time comes, ante up. And I like that because oftentimes in the past, I didn't prepay for the animal, but I was on the wait list and other people didn't have the money at the time to get their animal. And therefore I could buy their animal too. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So if there's, you know, five slots available, you know, five eggs available, whatever, and I get one and you get one and Casey gets one and Billy gets one. And all of a sudden you and Casey dip out and I'm next in line. Well, then it's up to the breeder to say, okay, do I offer these two other eggs to two other strangers or do I give Phil the option to buy three? Mm -hmm. And again, that's all comes down onto the buyer and how the breeder wants to do it. So I think it, just to reiterate, my opinion is if you if you're comfortable with the person that's breeding them, you know their reputation, you know who they are, what they do, what their animals look like, and you want to go for it, knock yourself out. If you don't, I wouldn't. Do you have a right to ask for a refund after pre-ordering? Um, I would say, I would say yes. But I would, how do I phrase this? It's very, very conditional, right? It's very conditional. So if all of a sudden your car explodes because it got hit by a bolt of lightning and you need the cash and you want to call up the person and say, hey, man, I know I gave you 500 bucks as a, as a, as a payment for that animal, but you got to bump me off the list because I need that money back. My car exploded from a bolt of lightning. Now, you took it upon yourself to give that person that money. So the right thing for them to do would be to honestly give you your money back and then bump you off the list. That would be the right thing to do. But it's also business. And some people don't see it my way. Some people don't think like that. Some people, I don't want to say don't have a conscience, but they don't care. You paid for it. Tough cookies. You're either getting a lizard or a snake or whatever you wanted to buy or you're getting nothing. And I don't personally think that's cool. 
but shit happens. So, you know, if it was me, if I did that with someone, well, let me rephrase it. I probably wouldn't do that because I don't like holding people's money. That's just me. I don't want to sell anything until I actually have it in my hand, ready to give it to you. Um, that's my personal opinion, but I think it would be, it's not inappropriate to ask for your money back if you never got anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll answer like my ideas on like my, my thoughts on the first part, as far as pre-ordering, I don't like counting my herps before they hatch. Exactly. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. <clears throat> you know, I have people that have messaged me about being on a list for something and I don't really bother with lists either. It's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like for me, when you have a list and you have people sort of waiting, there's a, even if it's it's an unspoken obligation, there's you feel some sort of responsibility that you you now have to have something at some point. Sure. And sure. so I'm not a fan of lists for that reason because it's like I want to be able to take my time getting something going. Say half the clutch goes bad. Now I only have half the animals I had before. I plan on holding back most of them. I don't want to be like, hey, you know, I know you're on the list, but now you got to wait another year because you know this happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with any of that. Yeah. And that's just me. Like, I like to make it very, very cut and dry, very simple. Like, yeah. when I have some available, if there's someone who's been messaging me or has been asking about them on a regular basis, you know, and, and I remember them, you know, like Joe Rosa, me and him talk a good bit about corn stuff. Um, you know, Mike Kosicki, the gang, like, when they're like, hey, what's up with these? Uh, you know, Matt Morris who's who's a big chondro guy he was interested in some dions and so he's like you know what's your plan with these and because i have a lot of respect for matt matt helped out with the chondro issue with the magazine a lot you know it's like dude i'll let you like we'll make something happen you know so like i do it's not that i just say screw you whatever i don't do lists yeah i do try to remember people if they if they seem like they have a genuine interest and they are messaging me about updates on things like i remember that and i don't sure. have any problems hitting those people up when things are now available you know before i put things on morph market or something i'll make my rounds and be like hey i have this available or if anyone's interested uh and then if they you know if that's what moves things fine if not then i'll just put them on morph market like it's not that big of a deal but list to me it's just it's it's another thing you have to keep up with sure There's that unspoken sort of obligation of sorts where or an expectation um and I just think it's just easier to not worry about it. Like, like I said, if, if right, how many lists have you seen or people talk about lists they had where they finally had something, they message the people and they're like, Oh yeah, I don't want those anymore. Like, so oh, now, yeah. I have to, now I have to go down a list and check off names. Like, okay, they weren't serious. They weren't serious. They weren't serious. Yeah. But at the same time, I've, all right. So I agree with you. I agree with you 110%. And that's why I don't sell. I don't put anything up for sale until I actually have it in hand, ready to rock and roll. And I don't do lists because me personally, because of everything that you just said, I don't want to do that. I'm very much first come first serve, but at the same time, it's kind of, I'm kind of hypocritical in that stance because, you know, if I produce uh, Mexican black Kings and you mention that you want some and, <laughs> you know, Billy mentions that he wants some, well, Obviously, you guys are my friends. I'm going to go to you guys first. You know what I mean? Just because we're friends. See, but, and I know Sean, like, to this, note to self, weekly mm -hmm. messages adjusted for 2023 20, rounders. Like, 
Sean messages me about rhinos and stuff a lot. Like we talk a good bit. So it's like, yeah. I know he has an interest in rhinos yes. and he's like serious about it because he checks in. And he's like, Hey, what's, you know, what's going on with those? And yeah. Like I remember well, these also, things. Like I do remember conversations with people and I remember them sure. pretty well. So sure. I also have been that guy where I told someone, Hey, the minute you produce, I want them. They're mine. Like set me aside a pair. You know, if you have a pair to sell that you're going to sell, I want first dibs. And they're like, hell yeah, Phil, I got you. And on several different occasions, they've come to me like, hey, man, we're ready to rock and roll. I'm giving you first dibs. You want a pair? You want, you know, four? What do you want a reverse trio? What, what do you want? And I'm like, okay, how much? And we don't see eye to eye. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, I can't afford that's that right now. Or that's not. Me. And I tell them flat out, like, look, man. We're friends. You, I appreciate you giving me top bid, but that's too rich for my blood or they're not the color that I want or, hey, man, I can't swing it right now. You know, like, you know, I got I'm traveling, whatever. Who the hell knows? You know, shit happens. But it just it's it's almost like reserving a table or reserving multiple tables at multiple restaurants. And then you finally decide which one you're going to want to go to and you just don't. Yeah, don't but it's not like that. It's like you you made reservations at the coolest restaurant in town. You finally, it's it's the, it's the day has come. You go to dinner, 8 p.m. Dorcia. You know, at Dorcia, right? You go 8 p.m. <laughs> at Dorcia, right? And the sea urchin souffle is $1,000 a plate. And it's like, well, looks like I'm not eating at Dorcia. Which, by Africa, the way. Brave I, Africa. It was a laugh riot. It was a laugh riot. I have to <laughs> return some videotapes. Do you know anything about the struggles of Sri Lanka? such a good uh, movie man this is one of the greatest movies man and and i just recently watched it with anna maria and she was like you made it out to be way better than it was i mean See, not, those I, were I, my I words even, not hers i can't even watch that kind of stuff with katie she's not into the the violence or horror or anything like that which i wouldn't well, even that, call it a horror movie but my, she's just it's, she, yeah. it's too hardcore she's just not into it my whole thing is that from a cinematography point of view it's fantastic you know a movie made in the 21st century with technology from the 80s when it takes place in the 80s. Mm -hmm. it, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But we, we could talk about that another time. Put anyway. Huey Lewis on the on the map again. Yeah, I know, man. Dude, I can't listen to Susudio right? like without <laughs> thinking of that, you know? Fucking love Phil Collins. You know, it's funny. Like she she talks about how much she doesn't like violent movies, but then she loves Inglorious Bastards. It's it's the satirical it's violence. She I likes the, so. the satirical I violence. I don't know. So, yeah, I agree with you 110%. I don't do lists. I don't do pre-orders with anim animals that I've produced in the past or animals that I'm looking to move in the past. It's not my thing. But I'll give you a great example. Trace Harden. Trace Harden and his wife, whom, forgive me, I can't remember her name. Stand-up people, man. Fantastic people. Great herpers. Great breeders. I will vouch for them till the cows come home on any of the animals they produce. I watched him produce Amy. I, I waited. I said, Hey man, I want first crack at him. He said, Hey, I, I kind of like, it's kind of first come first serve. The time came around. He hit me up. Hey man, you want a baby? Yes. Hell yes. I want a baby. I get the baby. Baby dies real quick. 
and I think it was it could have been a birth issue, birth defect, something. I don't know. It wasn't anything I did. It wasn't anything he did. It's just nature. These things. Happen. So these things happen. So I hit him up and I was like, look, man, I'm not looking for a refund. I just want you as the breeder to know this baby passed away and be on the lookout for any and, other. Issue exactly. Just and a I, heads told, up. I told him flat out, um, hey, man, keep my money. You know, and give me first dibs next year, you know, and sure as hell, that's what he did. And uh, he actually gave me a credit, which I thought was awesome. Nice. So that was that was stand up to him. Yeah. And it's just like a professional courtesy kind of thing. Like I've had animals, chondros or something uh, roll on me and I messaged, you know, hey, I'm not wanting you to do anything like I'm not expecting a refund or replacement. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, exactly. This is what happened. You know, I'm not going to go tell everybody in the world that you're, you know, you sold me a six snake or anything like that. Yeah, no, just, exactly. I'm exactly. just letting you know. And dude, that and way, he, when you message me and you ask me how the animal's doing and it's like, oh, yeah, dude, that thing died like a year ago. Like, it's a. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it's and a he he didn't have to give me a credit. He could have said, hey, man, sorry, it sucks. Like some other breeders have done to me and lots of other people in the past. But no, he was a stand up fella and gave me a credit and. I want to buy more geckos off him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just, that's what it's all about. You know, and that's, us, that's what know? I would have done. Right. You know, like Billy got a condo for me from that first clutch and he ended up losing it. And I'm like, dude, I got you for another one. Yeah. I don't know when that's going to be, but sure, I sure. do have like the mental list of like, okay, when I have condos, one's going to Billy. Um, Luke Myers did that for me. Like I had a baby from him that uh, drowned or something. It was an odd, odd situation. It was dead in the water bowl underwater. Uh, and this was like months after I'd gotten it from him. He's like, dude, I'll send you another one. And I was like, you really don't have to. Like, it's not, it was, you know, it was my yeah. fuck up somewhere along the line, but sure, sure. He's like, no, oh, man. He's like, I got you. And so, like, it's just stuff like that. And I'm, I'm very much about paying it forward. Like, I've had so many people, you know, Dr. Lopin's done so much for me and stuff. Like, I feel sort of an obligation to, to, uh, pay it forward, you know, of course, of course. And, and do the same thing and yeah. you know it's just now just to go back to the whole concept of lists and stuff again my personal opinion if you're if you know the breeder and you're comfortable with giving a deposit or giving the full amount for the unborn animal then that's your thing go for it you know if it goes south you can't really be mad because you took it upon yourself to do that in, in my opinion yeah so I'm not against lists. It's just something that I don't, I see it as for myself. I see it just as, as another extra thing I have to keep track of. And yeah. as unreliable as people are with actually going through with a purchase and stuff now, it's just like, I'm not going to, I've talked about it before. Yeah. Like everyone complains about tire kickers and stuff. And it's like, look, if you're selling animals, you're going to have to deal with that. Well, here's the other thing too is, there is I'm also, is, it's not going anywhere. You're not going to get rid of that. It's going to happen. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm also a firm believer in yesterday's price is not today's price. Market fluctuates, market changes. That doesn't mean that you're going to, that I'm going to tell Smitty on a Monday, oh, it's a hundred bucks. And then Billy on a Tuesday, oh, it's a thousand bucks. No, 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 no. But market fluctuates, things change. It takes six months, a year, five years, however long for certain animals to produce and things go through cycles and changes and prices change but it needs to be discussed ahead of time if you're going to do some kind of list or some kind of pre-order don't tell me you know when the eggs are 
laid that they're going to be 500 bucks a baby. And then the minute they hatch out, they're two grand because that's not cool. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. if you took my money ahead of time. If I end up, if I tell someone a price at time A and then, you know, be it weeks or months down the road, they, they want it and they're serious now, like I'd honor at that price. I'm not going to go and look on Morph Market and be yeah. like, oh, well, they're, they've jumped up. They're now three times what I asked before. So, like, I'm yeah. not. That's not I'm cool. not going to be that guy. I've had that happen to me. I had that happen with dart frogs. So there was a uh, there was a point where I was trying to find some uh, variabilis southerns, right? And there was a point where a ton of people had them, but no one seemed to be breeding them or getting any offspring from them. It was this odd sort of like drought with that species. Sure. And there was a guy who was semi local to me. He was like up in Charleston or something. And uh, you know, we he had talked to me. He's like, I'm gonna have some ready soon. Like I got tadpoles that are about to come out the water. Like I'm gonna have froglets here soon. As soon as I get them going and stuff, like I'll you know I'll get you some. And so we agreed on a price. I think of like ninety bucks for like three of them or something. Like a really good price. Yeah. Like, and so when I hit him up again a couple months later, uh, it might have even been almost a year later, and I was like, Hey man, are we still you know are we still doing the variabilis thing? And he's like, He's like, Yeah. He's like, But the you know the price is now. It was like they went from, I can't remember the exact, let's just say they went for to, from like 90 for three of them, like 30 bucks a piece or 60 bucks a piece. Now they're 90 a piece. And I was like, what happened yeah. to the price that we had initially? And he's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And I screenshotted the message because it was the same message yeah. on Facebook that we had had. And I was like, we talked about this. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'd, I'll honor that. But, you know, I, you know. It, they're they're worth more now and so i just honestly i told him i was like no thanks pass yeah. like i'm not yeah. playing that game like yeah that's crap and never got any so yeah. and he he didn't really understand he was like well, i don't i don't get it you know i told you i don't know the price i'm like it's the principal man yeah i, I, don't, need, I don't need frogs that bad like exactly exactly and i had that happen with imports where um because i have uh, because i had the ability to be you know at strictly i saw what the things were being imported for i saw what strictly was selling them for and <clears throat> i it was needless to say the the breeder of them was selling captive bred babies for triple what i could have bought for a pair of adults now, I understand that they're captive bred. I understand there's a lot of TLC and work that got put into them. I understand they're going to do way better than the, than the wild-caught adults. But for me, I couldn't justify that. It, it didn't make sense to me. I, I, yeah. I, I couldn't. You know what I mean? So for, I wound up not doing it. And I, I think the person may have been upset by that. But I hope that they weren't because I still value them as a breeder. I still value them as a... a a community, you know, friend and hopefully I'll buy some babies from them in the future, you know, but at the time it was the price difference between wild caught adults and captive babies was like three times. And I, mm -hmm. just, I couldn't swing it. Couldn't swing it. So, yeah. And it's an odd time too. Cause because it of the whole tire kicker thing and everyone not wanting to be that guy, yeah. You know, people will message you, ask for a price, and then if it's too high or it's just something that they just they're not going to spend the money on, they're going to say, oh, "Okay, well, I'm going to talk to the wife, or I'm going to get back to you." And yeah. they never do. It's like people, you can you can get a price and just say thanks. Yeah, 
I've done it before. Well, I've done it too, like, man. Yeah, I feel bad for asking the price, but if they had put the price in the ad in the first place, I wouldn't have to ask you. Yeah. But it's not and one it, of those it, things where like you don't have just because you ask or inquire about something doesn't mean you have to commit to it. It's yeah. a simple question. And I think that's we're at a point. Uh, maybe it's not so bad now. I'm not sure. But like if someone asks me a price, I'm going to give it to them. I'm not expecting them to go. OK, well, uh, uh, you know, some sort of excuse. Well, I got to get my car fixed next week, so I may get back to you in a couple. Like, you don't have to tell me that. Just say thanks. It's yeah. all good. Like, I understand. Exactly. I, I when I sell stuff now. And I learned this with like Crested's and stuff early on. It's like when someone messages you with interest, I automatically just expect them to not go through with it. And okay. when you do that, you save yourself a lot of frustration because then you're like expecting people to pay up and expecting them to buy this. Just assume they're not going to. Yeah. Just save yeah. yourself the trouble. Just, just don't even get your hopes up. If they do end up buying, awesome. Like customer service should remain the same. Like customer service is going to be sure. awesome whether they're just asking or if they're actually buying. It's just one of those things where it's okay to just say thanks and move yeah. on. Yeah. Like I have, I have not necessarily more respect for that than the whole like, well, I have to talk to the wife. Like I get it. And we're at a point now where people are like, man, I'm tired of tire kickers. And it's like, well, did you put a price in the ad? No. Well, it's like, then you're going to get a bunch of messages. People yeah, asking you, you have from. to. Like you're asking right. for it at that point. And it's like, exactly. it's not tire kicking. It's called shopping. Yeah. hundred percent. 100%. It's now I work retail and the running joke is it doesn't matter what the product is, but the customer will always find that one tag that's flipped upside down and they can't see the price and they'll always ask. And like we've actually like done social experiment where like we'll flip over certain tags of like stuff that's popular. Be like, all right, he's going to ask. He's going to ask. He's going to ask. So if you don't post the price, how are they going to buy it? Right. How are they going to know? How are they going to know? They'll never know. Oh, then, you, I mean, you just see ads where it's like, please don't message me unless you're serious. Or if, like, it'll be something super high end, like that doesn't even have a price on the ad. Like, I've seen right. that on Fauna multiple times. Like, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. It's like, well, how do I know if yeah. I can afford it or not if you're not going to give me a price? Right. Well, like, and how do and I know on. you're not so giving I, something away practically? Yeah, which, well, I mean, obviously, you're not, but yeah, it's, it's, you know I, what I, I mean. Yes, I see your point wholeheartedly. I don't like that. I think it's very, very douchey. Um, it's very condescending. And I feel like the people that are in that price range of shopping, why is it on Morph Market? Why is it on Fauna? Why is it on Kingsnake? If it's that top tier, you, see, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. go into, I don't go into ABC Liquor and look for a bottle of Pabby Van Winkle 22-year. Like, cause guess what? It's not going to be on the shelf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why are you, why are you posting it on morph market and King snake and, and all these normal classified ads, good classified ads. I'm not knocking any of those, those companies or websites um, at all. But if you're selling something that's 30 grand, like you don't have feelers already put out. Like you don't have yeah. people that you can call and, and you probably you, already know, you know who's on what. what. If yeah, exactly. That, if you're in it, that, that it, exactly. tier, you you already you're already aware of who's who's got stuff and who's selling it. You know. Yeah, exactly. But I just it's exactly. it's you know, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. My policy is then like, cool. I'm just not going to ask because yeah, I don't. I'll never I'll never buy from you. I'm yeah. not going to bother with you. Yeah, that means you're overpriced anyway. Uh, like serious inquiries only. Okay, then I'm not going to inquire. Like yeah, I don't yeah. care enough that much. You know. Yeah. And like you said, man, how many times I've been like, 
hey, how much is the X, Y, Z? And they literally just reply with, you know, 500. And I show, okay, thanks. Yep. You know, or better yet, I, I, I'm very, very bashful when asking for a discount. I'm just, I'm weird like that. I think it's all my years of retail, but I, there's been plenty of times where it's like, hey, how much is the bowl and I? And they're like, oh, it's a hundred dollars. And I go, okay, would you take 75 if I buy three of them? You know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong there's, with, yeah. with scenarios and haggling like that. You if know? I have something like if I have multiple things available and someone's like, OK, I really like this, but I also want this and this, like, I'll cut you a break. Yeah, I have no yeah. problem. Shave, like, I'm not making this isn't my living. Like, I I have no problem shaving some dollars off. It's when people yeah. come in and expect it. That's when I have an issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, all right. So uh, you and I are very much on the same page. A lot of this stuff. Um what was the next question? So my response to the, do you have the right to ask for a refund after pre-ordering? My short answer is going to also be conditional, but my my business brain says if it's a non-refundable discount, uh, uh, down payment, Deposit. yeah, yeah, then right, but no. that needs to be specified. But it's one of those things where it's like if you. If you're that strapped for money to where you now have to ask me for a refund, then you probably weren't in a great position to be buying it in the first place. That's true. That's true. Like the, the fiscal responsibility is on you, not me. That's true. But but again, wasn't the question if if the product or the animals were not provided? Do you yeah, do you have the right to ask for a refund after pre ordering? Oh, so it doesn't specify whether the animal's there or not. Right. Yeah, I mean, business I brain says that. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't care because I'll sell it to somebody else. You know what I mean? But at yeah. the same time, if it's a non-refundable deposit and it's clearly stated non-refundable deposit, then yeah, you can't ask. But if it's not stated in that regard, then I guess you could ask. I mean, shit happens. Have a heart to a certain extent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so does the seller have to hold the pre-order deposit until the buyer receives the animal, or can they spend it immediately? So, this is something that I have actually made. I learned with Cresteds. Unfortunately, I've never had any issues where it was a problem. Where it was like, I made sure to hold on to the money until I knew the animal arrived safe and in intact, because I didn't want to be the guy that went and spent that money, and now they're like the gecko died or whatever. Now I have to either replace it or refund it. So to me, it's just wiser to hold on to it until they've received the animal and everything is in the clear. Hundred percent. Then the nightmare of, uh, you know, oh well, I need to, uh, you know, I'll send you something in a month or I'll do something in six months. Like I'll refund you as soon as I can, but I don't know when it's going to be. Like that kind of thing. I don't want to be in that position. So. Hundred and ten percent. I agree with you fully. You know, I, I literally just went through that with something through my work where I sold one of my own personal items through my work. I mean, I guess you could call it consignment. I mean, it's not really consignment, but um, and it was sold on the internet, and the product shipped out, and obviously the money was paid to the business. It wasn't paid to fill, so my employer then has to give me my money. You know. But he does not give me my money until the customer has the product, everything is good, everything's kosher, and then the company pays me my money. Because God forbid there's something happens, mm -hmm. it's lost in shipping, it's damaged, it's broken, whatever. 
I don't want to have to tell that guy tough cookies. You know, yeah. this is a this is a real business. It's not Phil selling it on his own. It's a real legit business. And we have to, you know, take care of take care of business. So. Yeah. Just to go back to uh, what Lance was saying about, you know, I have to ask my wife kind of thing. Um, he, he puts up a great point. Lance says, my favorite part is when they insult you, when they say that you're going to speak with your wife because you two truly speak about such decisions and they treat you as less of a human for couple decisions. I understand what he's saying completely. And I feel like all my years in retail, I can kind of get the vibe of when uh, a, a guy says, Oh, I, I need to talk to my wife about this. You know, it's 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 a big purchase, whatever. I get that. And then you get the guy that's like, ha ha, let me go ask the boss. I, I don't know, she'll she'll kill me if I buy it. Ha ha. And that guy is not making a couple's decision. He's using his wife that's to the basically out. it's the out, right? Yep. So I don't I don't get upset and I don't break their stones too much about it you know if i know the guy maybe i will if i know his wife maybe i will you know but it just makes me giggle when i see it because it's like okay buddy like yeah because you can tell (laughs) when it's a no like you can tell when it's the out and you can tell when it's a legitimate thing yeah Yeah. or better yet you can you can always get the vibe too is when he's like hey man uh before i go through with this let let me talk to my wife and make sure that like we got caging let me make sure my let me make sure that my wife didn't buy something else you know like have actual talks with your actual partner you know that's totally cool i got no problem with that you're not you're not a, a, a wuss or whatever you know yeah i mean i i don't know about you but i have a joint banking account with my wife and i can't exactly go and drop you know yeah yeah so i ask for forgiveness over permission not always the best move yeah you're you're walking right into the lion's den on that one buddy <laughs> yeah uh, Chris, we want to go ahead and draw for the isopods yeah let's do it All let's right. rock and roll Rock and roll. Let me get my rock and roll. Hoochie-coo. Give it the old preliminary shake. The jiggle jaggle. So ominous. Get it rolling a few times. Can y'all hear it? Of course. Sweet sound of winnings. The sweet sound of winnings. All right. Who do we got? Uh oh. Number two. Two. Bill Bradley. Hey. Excellente. Look at that. Congratulations, Bill. Awesome. More roly polies for the bio. You can put them in them new black box cages he's setting up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, I, I gotta call Jen and and talk about the other cages that I got coming. Um, but I had a legit sit down. Speaking of couples decisions, I had a legit sit down with Anna Maria and I was like, Hey, I really need to start on some arts and crafts stuff for animal enclosures. And you know, I'd really love you to do it with me, you know, help me sculpt some styrofoam and, you know, have fun of it, you know, the arts and crafts. And you know what her response was? Date night. You, you know what her actual real legit response was? Gross. Sent me links from Amazon from Hot Wire Foam Factory. <laughs> and that is why I love her. She's like, we need these. I was like, how many should we get? She's like, we need at least two. 
we have we each need our own set i was like okay solid date night nice hashtag keeper uh so the next part of this post like i said there's like seven questions Number four is, should the seller use the pre-order deposit to pay for current animal food and bills or wait until the buyer has received the animal? And that sort of falls in line with, with no, the previous yeah, question. No. I'm not going to do it. No, no, not at all. No, that you're, money. You're it, better off just yeah, sit until yeah, it's all hold, said and done. You, you hold on to those funds in case shit happens. The money that you paid for feeders and paper towels and your water bill and your electricity bill and all the stuff that you use to take care of the animals. If they didn't sell, yeah, you can factor those things into the price, but that's what you're doing. You're factoring into the price. You can't say, Oh, it's, it's five. You give me a $500 deposit and uh, I'm only going to honor 300 of it because I use 200 of yeah, feeders. Sorry, no, no, that's no, I'm out. Uh, fifth question is if the animal dies or they are limited in quantity, should the seller notify, notify with a solution slash refund immediately or wait until the next season when they might have more, but both the one, one fuels the other. In my opinion, it needs to be immediate and say, Hey, you know, baby passed away, you know? whatever yeah there needs to be open line yeah, communication exactly. and transparency there you know and, and me personally if i was the seller i would ask the customer what do you want to do do right. you want your money back right now or do you want me to hold on to your money and credit you for another animal in which case i would still hold on to the money for an extended period of time i would not just dump it in the bank account or spend it i would hold mm -hmm. on to the money for an extended period of time because they may change their mind in two months, three months. Now, six months, eight months, a year later, that's different. That, that's a, another whole other topic. But I've had people like, yeah, you know what? Just, just hold on to it and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll credit for, for the next season or next clutch, whatever. And then, like, two weeks later, like, hey, man, I changed my mind. I don't even want to do that species anymore. Give me my money back. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. See, that's uh, I differ there. It's like I'm just going to give you your money back if that's what you want. Like if you yeah. want to wait on an animal, then I'm holding on to that money and I'm going to do with it what I what I will because we're on the same page and it is agreed upon that you're going to wait for a replacement animal. Sure. Uh, and I mean, if it, I guess if it comes down like down the line a couple months later, they're like, hey, you know, can I can I just get a refund instead? I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, I may not be able to give it to you all at one time. Like I may have to split it. Um, but we can do that as long as you're okay with it being like, I'll give it to you like the second week of the month and then the last week of the month or whatever, you know, however it needs to happen. Uh, yeah. Like that's, that's one thing, but I think it's also, you get these things in writing. Um, and I yeah. think, like honesty definitely is the best policy for the most part. I mean, how many times have we seen people sold an animal, animal died, they didn't tell the the buyer for months because they were yeah. trying to figure out some other option, and then it just it made it worse. You know, yeah, 100%. it only it made you look like a real douchebag, and yeah, and you know everyone else sees that now too. So I'll also say that there is, you know, this is all what if scenarios. All these are what if scenarios. You'll never know exactly how it's going to go down until you're put in that predicament, but. What Justin and I are trying to convey to everyone is at least have 
the groundwork laid out, you know, the 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 text message contract, if you will, laid out. Screenshots. But, screenshots. But there's when also, in doubt, get screenshots. Yeah, because if, you're, if you're worried about these things, or I've had people kind of... delete messages. I've mm-hmm. had people do it. Um, but I was gonna say, there's also really, really extreme scenarios. For example, I sold stuff to a guy, and before I could ship it, he messages me and he's like, "Hey, man." Uh, my work is moving me to Australia, so I'm going to need my money back. And it's like, okay, you know, what are you going to do? Like the guys, whether he moved to Australia or not, I got to believe him. In Sometimes that it's scenario. just easier to just do it. And it yeah, done. exactly. Give him the money back. I'll sell it to somebody else. It's not the end of the world. And go from there. You know? Now, I also, <laughs> non-animal related... I bought something off of a guy. This is completely unrelated. I bought something off of a guy that had paperwork attached to it. And the paperwork was mailed to his house. That's how it works. And then once he gets the paperwork, he mails it to me. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Paperwork takes like six to eight months. Well, that dude legit moved to Australia and I never got the paperwork. And I had to have certified copies made. 16 months later hmm. so shit happens you, you got to roll with the punches you know but just try and spell everything out ahead of time so that when these issues are not when but if these issues if these issues do happen you know you're mentally prepared for it so and so these these other questions are kind of falling in line with the previous question before okay. it but uh what happens if the seller has already spent the pre-order deposit and the buyer is asking for a refund should the buyer have to wait or should the seller have no choice but to refund immediately and i think it's just the open lines of communication like you need to yeah be up yeah. front be like how do you like because you're both involved in this, like you're both in this now, right? So it's one of those right. things where it's like, okay, well, how do you want to, how do you want to do this? How do you want to play it? How do you want to handle it? And, and you, I, you just got to agree on something. I hate to sound like that guy, but sometimes it it may be a, a punch to the solarplex, but sometimes you got to chalk it up as a loss. You know what I mean? It, it, especially if you know we're dealing in a, in a day of age where everything's on the internet. And people are shady sometimes, and there's scammers out there, and you got to have your head on a swivel in that regard. So sometimes, I mean, we've all been burned in one way or another by somebody. Sometimes it's someone close to us. Sometimes it's someone very far away. And sometimes it just sucks, and you just got to chalk it up as a loss. You know? So... The final question is, do you think advertising or pre-ordering animals that haven't been born yet is a good or bad idea? Bad. 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 It's, we're not talking about the new Call of Duty here, where we yeah. know we're going to have 500 copies in the back. Yep. We're talking about things that can go south very quickly, because there's a lot of things that are out of your control when it comes sure. to stuff. Like, it's a living creature. Well, not even that. Just like power outages. Things fail. The yeah. world's in a perfect place. Thermostats break. Incubators break. Yeah. Half, you know, eggs don't hatch. Hey, it just just going back to paying for, you know, stuff. The the breeder, God forbid, breeder could have got hit by a bus. Yeah. Never hear never yep. hear from him ever again. You know? Who knows? Yep. 
He ghosted me. Well, if you look, he actually got struck by lightning two days yeah. after you had had you know a talk with him. And right, right. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really see that anywhere. I don't know if it's a thing in like balls or something. I, I've never seen someone. Well, I have. Okay, I have seen like one or two people doing it, but it was mostly friends pointing it out and saying, "What do you think about this?" And I just. You're really, I mean, you're rolling the dice if you want to be that guy that that likes to really ruffle feathers when things go south. Like, go for it. But to me, it's just, it's dumb. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Johnny Barrett said, How do you figure out how much to sell an animal for if it has never been sold publicly? I feel that it's a situation where you are just asking to be the bad guy no matter what you price it at. That's a very vast you're, question. You're kind of, if you're the first guy to do it, you kind of set the standard. I mean, I I think at it like I would look at it from a from the standpoint of like how hard are they produce to produce? How hard are they to get established once they've hatched? How many other people are really working with them like as availability wise, you know, in your given country, be it over in Europe or here in the states. And you know, then overall, like how much time did you put into producing that animal and establishing it yourself? Like we talk about right. that with condors a lot, you know, where it's like condors are, are expensive because you're paying for the work that was put into getting it to the point to where you don't have to worry about it really at all. Right. Like that's what you're paying the premium for. So I would think depending on what species we're talking about, if there's one in particular, like that's all the things I factor in when that when it comes to that kind of stuff. I also feel like I'm pretty bad about underpricing things. Like okay. when it comes to sort of estimating and and selling stuff, because I do it for me too, like in the job market and stuff. Like I tend to go slightly lower than what than what it probably should be. Okay. But also it being not 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 being my full time job or you know, it's it's not that big of a deal to me if you know it ends up being fifty dollars cheaper than what it should have been. You know, it's it's whatever. I'm not gonna be upset because I missed out on a couple bucks. Sure, sure. Yeah, and and Bill Bradley says, uh, you know, treat it like any other asset. Figure real costs and then your time cost. I, I agree completely. Um, but I also feel like uh, there is a fine line between making money on it because you are the first and highway robbery you know what i mean yeah. um we're not because i mean the ball python market is its own monster it's its own thing we're not talking about that we're talking about the rest of the herbicultural community if i purchased an animal for 200 dollars 20 years ago and i'm finally at a point where i'm ready to sell offspring and there hasn't been any available for 20 years does that mean I sell it for 10 grand a baby? Mm -hmm. no. no. I mean, probably not. No. It also comes down to how niche the animal is. Because if the only people that are actually interested in that species can only afford up to, say, a thousand bucks, well, then you can't sell it for more than that because no one's going to buy it. You yeah. know? And well, like, that's, that's sort of the whole like the market will will sort itself out kind of thing and i hate right. using the term market when it comes well, to herbs and stuff but it is one of those auction. things where it's if you set something really high and it sits there for three months because no one is going to pay that then 
you haven't said hi. Like you can yeah. you can't stick it out <laughs> and just say, okay, I'm gonna stick to my guns and maybe it'll take a year to sell, whatever. But you also like I, I noticed that on Morph Market where stuff will be posted and then over time you notice it doesn't move and it just that price just gradually drops and it gets to a point where then it's like, okay, now we're in the realistic parameters of what this should probably be selling for. You know, it's well, yeah, it, it works itself the- out because people aren't going to pay what they're not going to pay. You know what I mean? You can also go the, the, the penny route too, which it, it, I don't know if more market will actually let you do this, but can you post something for penny auction? I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, the rule of thumb is you put something up for no reserve, right? And whatever it goes for, that's your market value. So if I have something that's worth $500, right, and I put it up for opening bid, no reserve, you know, 10 bucks, and the thing only sells for $100, well, guess what? It's not worth $500. It's worth $100 mm-hmm. because the people that are actively seeking that thing out, whatever it may be, inanimate, animate, whatever, the people that are seeking that thing out, they're going to find it. And if they want to pay the money for it, they're going to pay the money for it. And don't get me wrong, you could think it's worth 500, put it up for 10 bucks, and it sees a thousand. It could. And then now you know, like, hey, this sold for a thousand two or three times. Clearly, that's the market value. Mm-hmm. Now, and now I know what to sell it for. Yeah. You know? I mean, when I, I used to sell stuff on eBay a lot, and anytime I posted something, I was never setting the price at what else was currently for sale. I went to what was sold and looked at yeah. what they sold for, of course, rather than what people are trying to get out of, of it well and it, but i i think i think what he was trying to say is too is something johnny by the way i feel like what johnny was trying to say is that it's something that's never been sold before right whether it be a new morph or a locality specific animal or something that's incredibly difficult to breed and let's say it hasn't been captively produced in decades whatever that comes back to that whole thing of how niche is it that only certain individuals are going to do it. And if those individuals aren't willing to pay, well, then it's not worth what it, in theory, could be worth. So it's very, very class specific. Telepis are probably a good example. Like the people that want, that are that are in the market for class Telepis, they're looking for class Telepis. <clears throat> like they, they know what, what they cost. Like they're going right. to know but, sort of a roundabout what they're going to need to have when one pops up for sale. But let's put it this way. Obviously, that's a very difficult species, both to raise and breed. But imagine if you dialed them in, okay? Mm-hmm. And you produced a clutch and you sold them to other people that could dial them in, but you sold them for 200 bucks each. You didn't publicly post it. You, you no. found those people. And we've talked about this before with other, you know, very, very hard to breed species. You get it in the right hands, you know. That would be wonderful for the species because now more people that are going to be dialed in are going to produce it. And as long as they keep the cost down, now it's more attainable and we all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to necessarily do that. They don't want to sell a $5,000 snake for 200 bucks. They want to sell a $5,000 snake for 10000 mm-hmm. So and that's that's the issue. Yeah, it's an odd thing. I mean, it's I don't think it's something you really see much in herpeticulture for the most part. You know, I think Boellans are kind of whatever what comes to mind for everybody. 
Bolins, however yeah. you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Class Olepis are a good example. Um, <laughs> but both of those species are also uh, directly affected by the reverse Google search. So somebody in the Western world posts them for five grand a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Now the farms in the East, they have the internet too. They see that stuff and they think, well, why are we selling them so cheap? Right. Why are we selling them so cheap? So they jack their prices up. Well, now the Westerners say, oh, now it costs me three times as much. I got to jack my prices up too. And it, it's just this, it's a vicious cycle. And I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't think that's good. But at the same time, who am I to, who am I to deprive the East from making the same margins that the West is making? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's, it's yeah. a difficult topic. And the higher you go in terms of price, like the, the smaller your customer base gets, you sure. know, it's like, it's like car shopping. Like not everyone's going to go out and be looking for a Lambo. Yeah. Like if I'm if I got Toyota money, I'm not gonna you're not gonna find me at the Lexus dealership trying to you know get my hand or Mercedes like the is a better probably a better example. Um, you know if I'm if I'm looking to get a another Avalon, I'm not gonna be going and looking at G wagons. Yeah. If I had G wagon money, then I'd be going and looking at G wagons. But sure. Like, like I said, like you it bottlenecks. The further up you get, the thinner that that group becomes yeah uh, yeah and it's just one of those things where it's like they set those prices for those because they know that the, the customer base that is in the market for that can afford it now mike kasiki just posted he says niche like mexican black kings in my opinion that is a great example because it wasn't the fact that they weren't around that drove the price up it was the fact that no one was producing them Supply and demand. Because the yes, the people that that used to produce them, they produced so many of them, they were just sick of it. And they were like, they aren't selling like they used to. It's a $40 snake. Why am I gonna keep putting mom through this? Why am I gonna keep putting myself through this? Well, take a couple years off. Well, then you had almost 10 years with none of them. And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden someone's like, you know what? I haven't bred a Mexican black king in a while. Let's do that this year. And they're like, Oh man, there isn't any available. Well, it's not 40 bucks anymore. Now it's 500. Well, no, it shouldn't be. But again, who am I to deprive someone of making, you know, mm-hmm. revenue? So, and that's, it, that's been the, the debate with, with Condros within, you know, during COVID and stuff like Condro prices got crazy and it's, they did, you know, Ian Bissell, he, he sells some Condros and like you see prices and it's like, man, like that's like people are willing to pay it. And yeah. it's one of yeah. those things where a lot of condo folks are like, if they're willing to, you know, yeah. sell out the dough, then hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, just on like on the captive bread stuff in particular, like imports, they have gone up, but it doesn't seem like they've they've had any sort of massive massive jump, especially Biox. But well, I will say this is that condos aside, there's a lot of stuff that is not being imported anymore mm-hmm. because the price is too high. And no one can make knowing not everyone can make it's the right percentage. It. It's right. not worth it. Right. Yeah. So, but that's why yeah. we see a lot of species that just stop getting imported too, because, you know, they, they brought in a ton. I feel, uh, 
tandem bars are probably a good example of this. You know, they used to come in in droves from from what I was told by, you know, guys like Harlan Wall and stuff. Like, yeah. they used to come in all the time. They were dirt cheap. Nobody wanted them. So they yep. stopped. Like, they the, the people that were out snatching them up from the wild, they were told no one's buying these anymore. Stop catching them. Like, stop bringing them to us. And so they kind of disappeared because the people that are doing the importing and exporting, you know, they they... The, the people that are bringing them in are saying no one's buying these stop sending them to me right which then in turn the uh exporters telling their people stop bringing these to us we're not sending them out anymore no one wants them yeah and yeah. they move on to other things you know they move on to things that are selling uh well you also you look at something that was heavily farmed and heavily captive bred like west african gaboon vipers dude Gaboon Viper back in the day was a $40 snake. Mm -hmm. They would they'd import it for $25, make a couple bucks, $40, bucks, $50. Bucks. Ooh, it's a really pretty one. Sell it for $75. And that dude, they that's all they were. Well, then the importers started seeing that they're selling these captive bred babies for $75. Bucks. I'm like, oh, well, we should sell our wild-caught babies for $75. Bucks. And they don't care that it's not the same I don't dare I say quality. I don't want to me be rude or condescending to those animals, but now that means everything increases. There was a point where Tanzania shut down and baby puff adders, regardless if it was captive bred or wild caught, baby puff adders were selling for almost $800 on King Snake. Crazy. And I, I actually had a friend who imported like one of the last shipments from Tanzania and he put them up for like $350 thinking, I don't want to be greedy, you know, let's spread the wealth. And certain individuals contacted him and said, dude, you're screwing us up. Raise your price. And it's like, what? See, what, that shit I what hate. What are we too. doing? It's what are we like, doing? I'm not going to crash, quote unquote, crash a market with my right. 10 animals I'm selling. Right. Exactly. I'm like, exactly. get out of here. You're just mad because I'm getting sales and you're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I so. just that it's so goofy. And when I when I was breeding Cresteds too, that was something I saw a lot in like the groups and stuff. Was people were like, "Well, I want to breed," and people were like, "Well, the market's really flooded. Uh, you know, if you're gonna breed, you need to make sure that you know you're using really high quality Cresteds, not just pet quality, which was something I always hated. It was breeder quality versus pet quality. It's like it's a living breathing thing, people. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like yes, there is something to it where it's like, if you're gonna breed, spend some money on your breeders. Like, produce some nice animals. Not just sure. your random Craigslist Cresteds. Don't just throw them together. You know, you're just going to get brown babies. Yeah. No one's, I mean, yeah, no one's really going to want them unless they're looking for a pet, and they don't really care about that. But people always complained about, like, people would want to breed, and people would be like, the market's really flooded. You shouldn't breed. But it's the people that are breeding that are telling everyone else, the market's flooded. Don't don't come right. here. And it was, right. I had no problem selling Cresteds, and I wasn't even producing that many. Yeah. So I was like if the like if the market's really as flooded as everyone's saying it is, everyone would stop breeding them. Yeah. But cresteds are like are like balls in that aspect where it's like there's never going to be enough of them. There's always going to be people buying them. And just even when you think that it's it's completely filled up, like there how is there possibly any room for for any more growth and more people coming into this breeding? Like there is. Yeah. You may not see it, but it exists. Like it's much bigger. Like it's it's the iceberg thing where it's like you see a sure a small portion of it, but underneath that, it's like holy yeah. shit. Yeah, because that's what I always thought with with ball pythons and stuff was like, how can 
anyone possibly get into breeding balls now and still be able to sell animals on a regular basis? And it in talking to some of the but, ball beef people, ball, ball python people, they're like, dude, we can't keep enough snakes in stock. Like it's but I also take that I take that with a big grain of salt because I've seen a lot of I don't want to say like Island of Misfit Toys, but I've seen a lot of crested geckos sit in pet shops. I've seen a lot of ball pythons sit in pet shops. So yeah, these big these big breeders may be moving them, but is it all making its way to the end user? That's the question. So I, I, I see. I mean, the that's point, the, you're, yeah, but, you're kind of. I mean, you're you're shooting for that impulse buyer. I think in a lot of pet shops like that, but possibly, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm looking to buy a crested, specifically like a, a you know, say a nice tricolor or something, I'm not gonna go to Petco looking for tricolors. Right, right. That's know? right. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I just, that always just made me giggle people, you know, the people that are, that are big players in the crested world in terms of like breeding and what they're doing are like, Oh, the market's really flooded. You're not going to be able to sell any babies. I was like, well, I didn't produce a ton of them and they sold pretty regularly for me with very little in the way yeah. of like advertising and stuff. Like, but now at the same time, how long ago was that? 2016. 2017 okay so not not that long ago okay yeah yeah all right because that was kind of a concern like i started getting a bunch of babies i'm like man i hope these you know i, I hope i don't have to sit on these forever but i'd have people message me on facebook you know what do you got i'm like here you go sold no problem yeah yeah oh and you know what's crazy the invert market right now mm -hmm. dude it's booming Making a big comeback yeah booming man and and that's the i love seeing that because now you have a whole new group of individuals keeping and you have a whole new group of individuals producing you know it's not just like oh i got a wild caught scorpion and it happened to be gravid no like people are really putting stuff together and doing it up and like i see it on instagram man killing it i love it it's great well it's i mean it's it's all inverts and, and herps herpeticulture you know go hand in hand but it's all it's like any other population like you have people getting out yeah every day and you have new people coming in every day so there's sort of like a you know it is growing steadily but i do think it's a it's a very even like it's a gradual that. gradual increase regardless right yeah uh what was the next question that was all of them oh nice all right those are great questions yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a, a, a few a of them kind of a few of them kind of went hand in hand, but I think they were they were good questions that that we don't get to talk about that often, so that's good. And I also think it's it's cool that I mean, let me rephrase that. I'm happy to give my opinion because I am not a breeder and I have not produced a lot of animals, and to be brutally honest, I haven't produced anything in a very long time, so. I like to give my opinion because things have changed since, since I really did this stuff. So yeah, I'm eager yeah. to see what the future holds and how things go from there. So barbecue. Everyone needs barbecue in their life. Yeah. He said he's up in, uh, in New York. I feel like they don't get real barbecue up there the same way we don't get like real pizza down here that's true 
That's that's very true. We have New York style, but I feel like unless you're there, it ain't the, it ain't the same. <laughs> well, are we ready for the uh, the carpet roll? I think so. Let's do it, baby. Let's see. All right. Same thing. Shake it up, baby. Shake it up good. I know. Got to make sure I cover up the... So I don't send these little plastic balls everywhere. Because when they disappear, they disappear for good. Gone, gone forever. So once again, number 18 is not in here. It is number 38. So if I draw 38, it's 18. We'll figure that out. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. A couple turns. All right. Are we ready? Let's see. Oh, hold on a second. Shot out to you. And I don't know which one was first. It's not a perfect system, people. <laughs> I didn't even pick one up that time. Uh, come on, you bitch. All right. Here goes. Bring up the list. For the baby carpet python. Shipped by our good people at Reptiles Express. Yes. The mics. Gotta do it again. It was number 10. Number 10 is empty. Damn. Ooh, the suspense. And uh, yet, Lance makes a great point. You know, Lance says uh, that's one of the reasons he thinks Cresties would make great feeder lizards. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I definitely think it is very, very possible. Very possible. So, All right. Number one. Number one. Bill Bradley. Oh, twice in one night. Man. What are the odds? Congratulations, Bill. That's awesome, man. That's great. Good for him. You know, and, and, <laughs> Fuck yeah. And what's great is you know that that animal is not just going to a good home. It's going to a good home that's going to be used to educate the youth of America in this. And that's that's awesome. That's awesome. We are, we are. The youth of a nation. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Give Congrats, it to Billy and breed it to a chondro. Oh, jeez. I'm just going to draw a new name because of that. Yeah. Oh. I love carpondros, but, bro, I just I just got done saying how you're going you, you <laughs> to use it use it for good. Educate children. It's like, ah, hybrids. Do it. <laughs> All right. So, Bill, I will hit you up, and we will figure out chipping and all that good stuff. Uh, Brenda, if you're still there, I will get the cup sent out to you, and then we will have to figure out, uh, get the isopods and stuff over to Bill as well. So, it's a awesome. female. 
Is it a male? I got a breeder female brettles here with nothing to do. That's my female brettles. Don't you dare cross into something else. Oh I did not send God. her to you to do those nefarious is, deeds. Is he cut off from raffles now? I he's about oh, to be. God. Oh, Bill. Don't press your luck, guy. <laughs> oh man. That's great, though. That's good stuff. I love doing these things, man. So what was the final total again? Going to ASF? I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, let me see. Calculator. Six plus. 740. Excellent. Hell yeah, man. I like it. That's our best one yet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, awesome, excellent. Yeah, so we've got uh, some other stuff lined up for the next raffle. I don't. I mean, do we want to do one for June? Like, do we want to wait like a, a week or two and then do the June one? Uh, I don't. We we can figure it out off air. Yeah, we'll we'll have to. I don't want to like. Do a raffle yeah. and then immediately yeah. have another one ready to go. Like, yeah, sort of pace yeah, it space for people. That way, people aren't. Yeah, we'll know. we'll figure it out. You know, there. you know what I mean. Yeah. Awesome! Congratulations to all, Bill and Brenda. Hell the, yeah, man! The it couple. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, did you have anything else? We no, I'm, I'm pretty much good. Did you figure out who you're going to have uh, replace me temporarily next week? Oh, because you're going to Arizona. I have not. I forgot. Okay. We'll have to figure something out. Maybe I'll pop my head in if I have service. Yeah, I'll figure something out. Yeah. Who's on Thursday? Uh, so we are doing Corn Stars Thursday. Ooh, nice. Uh, Chris Montross is joining us, and I believe Jake is going to join us as well. Excellent. It was kind of a short notice thing. Chris was like, hey, Thursday... I said, okay. And I told Jake, I was like, we're not doing THP Thursday. We're going to talk about Emory and corn snakes. So don't be trying to come up in here with that Nerodia speak. <laughs> Especially with Montrose there. <laughs> yeah. That'll be great. You know, it's going to happen. At some see, point. Yeah. But I mean, seeing his like going over and seeing his Nerodian stuff, they are, they are pretty cool. They're awesome, man. Just not like in a captive setting. It's, I was like, these are okay. These are actually kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. In the wild, when they smell and all they want to do is bite, then it's it's like fuck these things. But he's got some nice ones, so it better not be all Nerodi after five minutes. I'm gonna kick his ass out. Hey, Mike's a fortune teller, man. I love it. Him and Jake and and Montross can have their own little show on Nerodia. <laughs> and well, dude, it doesn't Corn Stars. Panshop likes him too, right? Uh, I'm sure he does. I don't. Think I don't think. Yeah, done. I don't think he keeps them. He, he hasn't but, had any, but. But I know he does love his Diamondbacks. So it was just funny going over and seeing Jake's man because you open the tub and like you just get these little heads that just kind of pop out and they're like, "What you got?" Like the like the little green aliens in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. The claw. The claw. <laughs> That's awesome. He uh, what was the ones? Man, he had some that I think they were like Citrus Florida, and they almost looked. Like cantiles, like they really? had that weird white speckling, 
I should have got pictures while I was there. I got the video, but that's cool. I was man. like, okay, I, I saw those and I was like, okay, those are pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, dude. He's like, they're also super chill in comparison to like the Ponchatoulas and stuff, which look completely different. Like the Ponchatoulas are nice too. Like those almost look like painted, like watercolor camo kind of just. Yeah. Seeing them in person, I had a better appreciation for them. So awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, this was episode 122 brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Video on Jake's setup with them coming soon. And uh, Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. We will be back Thursday for Cornstars episode, I think it's six, maybe seven. I don't know. I'm also due for a Condor Cash show. So. Yeah, you are. Maybe I'll do that Monday instead. Yeah. Rock and roll. That might not be a bad idea. We'll see. So, All right. Everyone have a good evening, good morning, good day, whenever you may be listening to this. Thank you to everyone who participated in this month's raffle. Uh, we're going to have more of them, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we got some some black box stuff lined up for that. Um, I'll be putting up some animals at some point when I have some hatch. Awesome. And uh, I think JT has agreed to put up some corns. Cool, Double man. check. He mentioned it. So, um, yeah, good stuff coming. So. Awesome. Thanks all.